Are you a Japanese woman who's wondering what you're going to do when you hit retirement age? Or maybe you're just an American who can't understand why Japanese women are fascinated with apes. Whichever it is, stay tuned for Don't Let Macron Fool You, What Japanese Women Could Learn from Cichlids. Coming up. Think that Tuggle better recognize Lettuce and tomato avocado for his eyes He's coming at you with his taco beef Sour cream in his belly and chicken on his feet He knows how to talk with his video Can keep you out of trouble But will he though? He's been a lawyer and a judge DA and a cop So listen to him talk He ain't never gonna talk Hello again my fritos and frittatas Welcome back to another exciting episode of Taco Talk's Wacky Theory Where the facts are always 100% true And the conclusions are just a little bit odd In this episode, we're going to take on the situation in Japan and try to figure out exactly what's going on in that tiny little country. It all starts with the Japanese language and how many different words there are for the word woman. There are probably more than 50 different words, but they all have certain connotations that are worth paying attention to. For example, one of the more popular words, ana, could be pronounced ona because I don't speak Japanese, I have to admit. Ana means woman but it means a woman who's in a kneeling position with her hands folded. It's a traditional word for woman, but it's rather insulting, and it implies a certain amount of stupidity or sexuality or even bad temper. A little bit more modern of a term is fujin. That means a more classy woman, one that has status. But the thing about fujin is it means that she has status due to marriage. She got her status through her husband. And in fact, when you look at the symbols that make up the Japanese language known as kanji, when you look at the two kanji symbols that were put together to mean fujin, you have one that is the symbol for woman and one that is the symbol for a broom. So the woman plus the broom equals a fujin, which is a classy woman. Hardly flattering. Then you have a word, josei. Josei is a female, but the problem is the two kanji symbols that they combine to come up with that word are woman and sex. So that's really not what they want either. Then you've got sort of the Kim Kardashian of the word for woman. You've got Ojo-sama. And Ojo-sama in Japan is a young woman, and she's affluent or rich, but she's a little bit loose, almost a little bit of a slut. But she is at least young and modern and probably rich. So we are getting there, but we're not quite there. And then finally you have an okusama. That's how most people refer to their wives to this day. And it is accepted by the women, but it also uses the kanji symbol for interior, as in very much in the interior of a house. So you end up having a woman symbol and the interior symbol. And the idea is that the woman is observing everything that the man is doing, but she's behind the man and interior of the house. So there again, you have sort of a housewife who is subservient to the male. And these are just a few examples of the words that mean woman in Japanese today. Probably because of this language, that would explain why the Japanese women were crying out for a more masculine man. And in fact, in very recent times, they've been fascinated with two different figures that drew a lot of international press attention. One was Vladimir Putin. So Putin, as it turns out, is the ideal macho man for young Japanese women. Now, Putin is 66 years old. He's the president of Russia, of course, but he has been well known in Japan because, for example, in 2011, after Japan was devastated by a tsunami, Putin assisted and provided some financial aid, and for that he was awarded a dog by the name of Yume, and 
That means dream in Japanese. So he still has that dog, Yumi, and he's quite popular in Japan. Now, the thing about Putin is he's seen as quite a bit of a sex symbol in Japan, especially with the young women. So, for example, in 2019, Putin's calendar, where he has 12 months of shirtless images, turns out to be the top-selling not only calendar, but one of the top-selling items in a popular online store in Japan. It's one of the hottest-selling items in Japan, is this shirtless 2019 Putin calendar. For example, in January, he is dipping himself into a freezing lake, and then in February, he's playing ice hockey. And then it goes like that until December, where he is frolicking with dogs in the snow. So you might think that it all has to do with cold weather, but that's not necessarily true. It's just that anything macho, because Putin definitely has a very carefully orchestrated macho image that he puts out. He has a lot of pictures of himself released where he is either hunting or riding a fast race car, or piloting a plane, things like that. Macho activities, shooting a gun. One of Putin's favorite activities, and he has said this, his favorite sport is judo, which originates from Japan. And he fancies himself pretty good at judo. There's no independent confirmation of that, but there are a lot of photos of him engaged in acts of judo and competitions of judo and instructing youth how to properly do judo and things like that. So he is well-liked in Japan for his affinity for judo. It's interesting that Putin's calendar in 2019 is actually outselling the calendar that was done by Japan's most popular actor, Kai Tanaka, who does a show that is quite popular in Japan. And what's interesting about that show that Tanaka does is that it's known as Old Guys Love, and it's about a gay love triangle, and Tanaka is the actor that represents the person who's in the middle of the triangle of this gay love affair. So that's the second most selling item in Japan. The third fastest selling item in Japan is a calendar done by an Olympic skater named Yuzuru Hanyu, who won two gold medals in the last Olympics, despite having a hurt ankle. And he's quite popular as well. He's only 24, and the actor is a 30-something. Both of those guys are probably half Putin's age, or less. So Putin, at age 66, is still turning the women on in Japan and selling more calendars than any other person in Japan. Now, why is this? I especially find it interesting that Putin would be so popular because the Japanese women think of him as an international man with all kinds of power. He is that, and he certainly has money, although it's never been publicly acknowledged. Some people estimate his wealth to be a million dollars or less, and there are others who estimate it to be well over $50 billion, billion with a B, because he's always careful to keep his name off of the ownership documents and the proof of his ownership. But everybody thinks that he funnels his wealth through one of his best friends. And although he's not the owner in title for all practical purposes as the president of Russia, he is the owner of quite a lot. And most people seem to agree that he's worth billions of dollars. So Putin has the fame and the power and the money. All of the traditional elements that would turn a woman on. And he's got a pretty nice body, even though he's not very big. He's about five foot seven and not all that heavy, but he's well built and he's in good shape, and especially for his age. The other thing about Putin is that the women think of him as having a, an especially soft heart. So, for example, he uh, has released photos of himself leading the Siberian white cranes on their migration. 
the white cranes were raised in captivity in Russia, and because they were raised in captivity, they didn't know how to get back to wherever they were supposed to go to migrate. Well, there was Putin with a motorized hang glider to lead the Siberian white cranes to wherever they needed to go. And of course, the cameras were clicking, and all the women were swooning over his soft heart and how he was caring for the animals. I think this is important because the second figure the Japanese women seem to be fascinated with recently is actually not a man at all, but an ape. Yes, an ape by the name of Shibani, who's at one of their zoos. Now, Shibani is now about 18 years old, but when he was born, he was a western lowland gorilla. He was born in the Netherlands in 1996. He was raised in Australia, and he now resides in Nagoya, Japan. At the age of 10, Shibani attracted international attention when he was walking across a tightrope without the assistance of anything, and everybody was impressed by his balance and his ability to do that. Shibani is also an impressive physical figure. He's about 5 foot 11. He stands 4 inches taller than Putin himself. And he weighs in at 418 pounds, almost of pure muscle. So as impressive as Putin may be, he's nowhere near that. The women in Japan have been going nuts over Shibani. They think that he's the best looking thing they've ever seen. And they scream Shibani so much that in the past year, he's actually had to retreat to the indoors because all the screaming women are making him nervous. I think what really pushed the women over the edge with Shibani, though, is not just his good looks or his strength, although those are certainly important. I think what did it was how he protected his offspring from their own mothers. Now, he mated two times. He was exposed to two female apes, one by the name of Nene and one by the name of Ai. Turns out Nene has got a little bit of an anger management problem. First time that Nene was impregnated, the baby did not survive. And then Shabani went ahead and impregnated Ai. Shortly thereafter, Nene became pregnant again and that baby did survive. But as it turns out, Nene was being very aggressive toward that baby. And every time that she was aggressive toward the baby, Shabani immediately jumped up and ran in between Nene and the baby. And this captured the attention of the international press. All the women were amazed all over again at what a loving and caring father he was and how he would take the baby away from Nene when she was having a bad day and protect the baby and hold the baby and even fight if necessary with Nene. And things got so bad there for a while that they had to get defects involved. They had to separate the family and the baby was kept separately from both parents. And then after a while, they allowed the baby to be reintroduced slowly to Nene to see how that was going to work. And when it seemed to work out okay, they allowed Shabani to have interaction. But during the time that Shabani was not allowed to have interaction, it was really nothing he had done. It was because of Nene. During that time, while he was closed out and had no access to the baby, he would sit next to the window and he would make gestures and the baby would imitate the gestures and he would play a lot with the baby even though it was through the window. And that was driving the women crazy. Eventually, there was a family reunification plan. Shabani was allowed to be a part of the group again, even though he got a raw deal and all of that. And everything worked out and he's a doting father. And there again, the women just think that he is the best thing they've ever seen. So famous is he, in fact, that he is the mascot for a candy line. And if that were not enough, get this. Shabani's favorite food is eggplant. So we have a caring, strong, dominant male who likes his vegetables and looks out for his babies, even to the point of protecting them from their own mother. He's every woman's dream. Now, by contrast, 
The men, the actual human males in Japan, have been moving in the opposite direction, while Putin and Shibani show off their masculinity. The men in Japan are quite the opposite. If anything, they are rebelling against their own fathers. That's a documented fact. A lot of them say that. Rebelling against their father's generation that didn't really pay much attention to family and was always trying to do something macho and really couldn't allow themselves to show their feminine side at all. Well, the men of Japan these days are rebelling against that. So much so, in fact, that they are known as herbivores. Unlike their meat-eating, tough fathers, they're more soft, vegetable, clean-shaven, thin, and not very physically active young men who would really rather sit around and play video games and work on their cooking or their sewing. And they've become known as the herbivores. 60% of the men in Japan self-identify as herbivores. These are the men that are aged between 20 and 30. Their favorite show, by their own vote, is a show called Ottoman, which means, in English, girly guys. This show, Ottoman, the lead character, is a very manly martial arts student at a high school, but he has a secret passion for sewing, baking, and crocheting for his collection of stuffed animals. Can you believe that? This is what the men of Japan identify with. The poor women probably can't stand it. They can't stand it. No wonder they're calling out for Putin and Shabani. They need a real man. Well, turns out one of the most popular activities growing in importance all the time in Japan for men is eyebrow plucking. And they also like to get facials. These herbivore men are growing in numbers. They're very devoted to family, but they don't like to spend much money. And in fact, they don't have so much money because they reject this idea of intense corporate climbing. They don't like it, and they're trying not to do it. But at the same time, they're devoted to spending time with family. They're not interested in spending money, and they're not interested in sex. Which is not to say that they are homosexual, for example, because they're not interested in any sex with anybody. Consequently, we have some population problems in Japan. Now, the government recognized what was going on, and the government said that it was going to help women out because this was becoming a real problem. It was affecting the population tremendously, and it's well documented that if a country's population declines, it's just a matter of time before their importance or power or status in the world declines right along with it. So the Japanese government is well aware of what's going on with these herbivores that don't want to have sex with the women. So the government said that they were going to help the women to become a little bit more independent. In fact, at this point, 2020, 71% of the women are now in the workforce. But unfortunately for them, they only make about 73% of what men earn. The Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, unfortunately for women, only has one woman in his cabinet, despite what he says. He says he's trying to help, but he doesn't really put his money where his mouth is. It is expected that the poverty rate for older women will more than double over the next 40 years in Japan, up to 25%. Women are not getting equal pay, and they're not getting equal treatment with pensions, and although maternity leave is improving... It's still a major problem because women go on maternity leave and don't want to return and don't find it worth their while economically to do so. But the problem is they outlive their husbands by a significant amount of time. Japan, as it turns out, has the highest life expectancy of any nation on earth. 
It's expected that women will run out of money 20 years before they die. Japanese men enjoy pay increases throughout their entire working productive career. So the entire time up until age 60, on average, they get a raise every single year. Whereas women hit a plateau at age 20 and don't go up from there. So even though 71% of them are in the workforce, they max out on their income at age 20. And even worse, if a married couple wants to get spousal benefits and the man is making more, they will only get the spousal benefits for the woman as long as she does not exceed a certain amount of income. Now, Japanese women refer to this as the wall because what it means is you have to deliberately make less in order to be able to be eligible for the spousal benefits, which are worth a little bit more. So a married couple with every intention of staying together would opt for the woman to work even less because, frankly, they're going to get more money if that's what she does. The problem is when she outlives her husband or if they get divorced, she's not going to have anything. The women are well aware of all of these trends, and they're not too happy about it. The number of unmarried Japanese has tripled since the year 1980. The divorce rate is going up, but the women, after divorce, don't really have access to very much money. Also, Japan's population, now that they don't have so many young people being born because the women have stopped reproducing, first of all, the men aren't interested, and frankly, the women get a raw deal. They're not so interested either, and they're kind of turned off by these herbivores. So Japan's birth rate has been on a steady decline. Their population is steadily aging, and they have the oldest population now on the planet. In 2019, men averaged 81.25 years of age at the time of death, and women averaged 87.32 years of age at the time of death. That's the highest numbers ever recorded on planet Earth. In this most recent calendar year, Japan had the number one and the number two oldest people on Earth. Some people think it's because of their diet. They eat a lot of fish. They avoid heart disease, and they do get 70% of their health care paid. So it's hard to say what's causing all this. Now, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe comes along, and he says, I'm going to help. In 2012, when he took office, and in fact, so many women were excited to have him and his pro-woman rhetoric, which he called Womenomics. He called it the Womenomics Initiative. When he took office in 2012, three and a half million women joined the workforce. But unfortunately, a full two-thirds of them were only working part-time. As it turns out, a full 40% of women don't return to the workforce after becoming pregnant. Shinzo Abe, interestingly, is no real big fan of Putin's. Maybe it's because he resembles an herbivore a little bit, clean-shaven and not so masculine in his appearance, a little older. But maybe it's because Putin is just outdoing him. In any event, he and Putin have a long-standing dispute over an island chain that dates all the way back to World War II and has prevented those two countries from achieving a peace treaty ever since World War II ended. They're still arguing about it. Me personally, I think the reason the Japanese people elected Shinzo Abe is because the women have been voting more and more in higher numbers. And frankly, I think they confused his name. Abe, which is A-B-E, I think they thought it was A-P-E, Ape, Ape. And probably based on Shapani's popularity, they wanted Abe to win because he looked like Ape. Just my own theory. Now, here's the point of this podcast. The Olympics are coming to Tokyo in 2020. 
And of course, we have the coronavirus now, which is calling into question all of these planned events with large numbers of people. And so for the longest time, Japan was uncertain whether they would go forward with the Olympics or cancel the Olympics or postpone the Olympics. And they kept saying, we're going to go forward with it. Don't worry. And who should come to their aid more than anybody in the press and with money and through all the publicity? Who was it that stepped forward? None other than France's President Emmanuel Macron. And why do you think that would be? Why do you think Macron in France would step up to be such a good friend to Shinzo Abe in Japan, considering something like the Olympics, which is, after all, an international event and has nothing more to do with France than anybody else? Well, first of all, let's look at Emmanuel Macron's name. The name Emmanuel means God is with us. I think it's Greek. And the name Macron means person with blonde hair. So when you put those two things together, you get a God with blonde hair. Imagine how the population in Japan, the women, would take to a God with blonde hair coming to their rescue. It's exactly what they need. And not only that, Macron, age 42 is married to his wife Brigitte, age 66, a 24-year age differential between those two. You think that doesn't drive the Japanese women wild? They're the ones that love Putin. Putin's 66, just like Brigitte is. That age difference shows that Macron is going to like older women, which he clearly does. And what does Japan have an abundance of? So much so that they're almost worried about it. Old women. So why do you think Macron's coming to Japan to help? He's coming to help because he wants access to all these old women. I don't care if he's married or not. Here's another thing. Japan only has 1,500 people currently ill from the coronavirus. France has 3,000, double Japan's number. So since when does France come to Japan's aid? Shouldn't it be the other way around? The one with twice as big a problem is France. And yet, here comes Macron saying, oh, we can help you, we want to help you. He's got twice as big of a problem. He should focus on his own people. But he's interested in all those old women in Japan. That's what it is. His wife was his literature teacher. He was her 15-year-old student, by the way, was Macron, when he hooked up with his wife, Brigitte. Here's another thing, and I really think this is a part of what motivates Macron. And this is why I'm telling the Japanese women to be very wary of Emmanuel Macron. Not only does he have a thing for older women, but it's a known fact that COVID-19, the coronavirus, targets older people. It targets the older women who are outliving their husbands in Japan. Macron does not want all those old women dying. He wants to be able to get to them. And that's why he's stepping up to help Japan of all the nations on earth. that has plenty of money, even though their economy has been struggling. They're doing okay compared to a lot of nations, and yet that's who Macron wants to help out. I find that more than a little strange. What is the cure to all of this? What are we going to do about all of this? Well, first of all, I think the Japanese women need to avoid Macron like the plague. He's not there to help them. He's there for himself. And I think, all things considered, the Japanese women need to reevaluate the entire loop that they're caught up in. They've always been viewed as a sexual object, Remember the different words for woman and all the different words for wife and woman and broom and house and sexuality. That's the way they've always been viewed and treated in Japan. And they have always been subservient to the male. They need to turn it around. How better to do it? Then take a look at what some of these fish are doing, like tilapia. 
Tilapia are part of a larger group called cichlids. Cichlids are fish that can reproduce themselves without a male's involvement. They can either do it monogamously or they can do it polygamously, but there are certain cichlids that avoid men altogether and engage in a practice called selfing, which is also known as mouth brooding. These selfing females, and it's only the females that do it, they lay eggs, then they grow a pair of testicles, not kidding you, then with those testicles, they ejaculate into the water. They get the eggs in their mouth. They then drink the water that has sperm in it into their mouths and fertilize the eggs in their mouths, thus impregnating themselves and giving birth to other female fish that can do the same thing that end up with both testes and ovaries. No man needed. None. And why do they do it? Why do the scientists say that these cichlids do this? Because it's hard for them to find a mate. That's what they say. It's better to breed with yourself than not to breed at all when you can't find a mate. That's what they say. Well, this is the perfect solution for the women of Japan. And think about it. If the women of Japan started this right now, just ignoring men altogether, these herbivores that say they're not so interested in sex, just ignore them. Go ahead, fertilize yourself. You know, you could grow a pair of testes. You could... Lay your eggs in, let's say, a Coca-Cola. Drink the Coca-Cola. Ejaculate into the Coca-Cola along with the eggs. Drink the Coke. Impregnate yourself. Skip the men. Control the population that way. And it wouldn't be long before these young herbivores who currently enjoy a position of control as they rebel against their fathers, they would need you. They would need you Japanese women because... They would rely on you. They believe in family. They want to spend time with family. They have said that, but they just don't want to have sex. Well, you create the family, and after a while, they're going to need you because if they want to spend time with family, they got to come beg you for it. You can decide whether or not you let them even have the family to spend time with. You create it and then decide whether or not you want them to share it. They need it. They say they need it. Wouldn't be long before you controlled the universe. I don't know what's going to happen in Japan, but these are just a few of my random thoughts. Hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. Remember to check in on Taco Talk's Wacky Theory, where the facts are always true and the conclusions are a little strange. Hope to have you back next week. Remember, you can always go to my website, tacotalks2u.com. That's Taco Talks, all one word. The number two and the letter u.com where you can find out what episodes are coming next. You can link to my YouTube and podcast from there. You can say hello to me from there. You can give me a little donation if you'd like from there. Drop in a few comments. Tell me what you're thinking from there. And even participate in my show if you would like by sending me an email and I'll get you on here and interview you for one of these shows. Until next time, add a little spice to your life. Yeah, taco, yeah, taco, put him up in the air for the taco. Yeah, taco, it's taco. Get him up in the air for the big fat taco.